Hey listeners, it's Sarah here. In this episode of the PVC podcast, we're bringing you an interview I did with Josh Hallmark from Our Americana. This month, we're featuring his episode called Greensburg, Kansas on the Podcast Brunch Club playlist on Common Ground. You can find the full playlist at podcastbrunchclub.com slash common ground. I hope you enjoy our chat. Okay, so this is Sarah De Silva from Audible Feast, and I am here with Josh Hallmark, who is the creator of the Our Americana podcast. And I'm so excited to talk to him about this particular episode, the Greensburg, Kansas episode of Our Americana. First, Josh, I want to know, how do you find the cities that you profile for Our Americana? And do you have a certain type of person or a number of people that you try to talk to in each of these cities to get a story of the community? Yeah, finding towns is really interesting. I have Google alerts uh, for a myriad of phrases like small town stories or community comes together or small town America. Um, I also just troll the news every single day looking for, uh, you know, stories that take place in small town America that impact community. And I also reach out to listeners and different Facebook groups just saying, hey, if, if you have a a story based in small town America that's really unique that changed the way that the community relate to one another or the town or the way they see the world, let me know. And generally each season, I would say it's probably, you know, I probably have three to four stories from each of those different outlets. So uh, it's, yeah, it's a broad reach, but uh, it's always successful from every angle of that reach. And then You know, I tried to interview three to four people. I've done a few episodes where I only interview two, and it it just doesn't feel like two people can provide a holistic view of a town or a story. So three is really the goal. Sometimes four if the story is really complex or has a lot of different perspectives on it. So let me give a listeners a quick recap, too, of what this episode was about in case they haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Um, This was about the town of Greensburg, Kansas, and how the town rallied together after a tornado basically destroyed everything in the town. And they decided, what do we want to be as a community? And what will propel us forward into the future? And they decided to make their town a green town. So they researched and brought in a number of vendors that could Um, build more green houses, lead certified houses, buildings, community complexes, and just really try to improve their long-term sustainability, which for a middle America, small town, probably well known for its conservative values is just not something you would necessarily expect. So um, in the episode, Josh talked to a number of people about how that actually happened and how they came together as a community to decide that. So I just want to say that I feel like this is a theme I see over and over again in our Americana. I'm a longtime listener, and I feel like I I can tell that you purposely try to find communities that demonstrate this ideal of nonpartisanship or, you know, breaking down barriers, finding common ground among the community to make the community better. So thinking of this kind of as a whole rather than an individual and you know, the last year in the United States has been a really um, polarizing time. <laughs> so I I want to get your thoughts about how that's impacted making the show. And have you been hearing different things as you've been interviewing people in these small towns? 
Yeah. So I think going back to the the creation of this podcast, uh, it was really born of my partner and I quitting our lives, moving into a van and traveling the country for six months. And what I learned from that trip, you know, I grew up on the West Coast. I grew up in very liberal cities and suburbs. I could have been classified as one of those terrible liberal elites prior to this trip. I had a very binary view of what America was. Um, it was liberal big cities and conservative small towns. Mm -hmm. And my, my greatest takeaway from this trip, which actually happened during the primaries of the last presidential election, was small town America is more than just conservative red, you know, Fox News watching. And, you know, I'm embarrassed to say this, like that is how I viewed any small town between like California and Pennsylvania. And so when I set out to do this podcast, it was very much about celebrating small town America, but making sure that that I was able to hopefully teach that lesson that I learned, this invaluable lesson about what it means to be American and what it means to look at the world around us in every single episode. And I think Greensburg is a, is a really great example of that. And you know, when I set out to do this season in particular, I started production on it in, uh, oh gosh, October of 2017 after, you know, a year that was, I think, rough for most of Americans. And I kind of lost my faith and passion for America. And I really struggled getting back into this mindset of celebrating small town America. I think I had those great life lessons that I learned on the road slowly just sucked out of me through the 24 hour news cycle and the election and its results and the ensuing year. <laughs> and I sat down and I was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to celebrate America because I don't feel like celebrating America. I don't feel like there's anything to celebrate. And what really happened was I, I had enough interviews for three episodes and I sat down to do the first one, um, which we actually opened the Greensburg episode with a quote from that first episode. Uh, and it's about a small rural town in Wisconsin where they, the, the only elementary school plans a reading for the school about a little girl who is transgender. Think about that. Think about the ways that we are all conditioned in our culture and conditioned into this very rigid binary system. And how could that possibly be the case that everybody would fit neatly into those boxes? And the truth is that they don't. And so what is that about? And what is that experience like? And how can we change the way that we think and change our culture to acknowledge that reality? None of us fit neatly into any boxes. And yet we spend a whole lot of our energy and for some people just absolute live their lives in anguish trying to trying to do that. And and we don't have to. And they're doing it quietly in support of a uh, I believe she was six at the time, six year old girl who was about to begin her transition. And long story short, an outside hate group comes in, shuts the reading down. A parent who does not know this family decides to host a reading at the library and just this small act of kindness changes the entire town forever. And that to me was really what made doing this season possible because I sat there really thinking about 
partisanship and and what what is binary why is everything looked at through a binary lens and and there obviously it's very upfront and in your face because we're talking about you know a gender binary but that really informed how i approached doing this episode which is we can have ideas that are politicized but it doesn't make the ideas themselves political that green is not just a liberal or democratic idea community is not just a conservative or republican ideal and so that's actually what made doing the season possible was like how can we break down this binary myopia that we all suffer from and that's what really became the underlying theme to this entire season that I'm producing. And Greensburg is another wonderful example of that. Yeah, I really feel I, I noticed so many times in this episode where people were finding a common ground about something that wasn't political at all. And and that's why this is a perfect pick for this month's theme. You know, the couple of things that stood out to me, them they were talking about educating people about sustainability, not saying this is big government and government has to come in and tell you this is this, these are the requirements you have to have on your house, but educating people, this is how it could be better for you personally, if you build your house with sustainability in mind, you know, they had, it sounds like they had a a whole lot of town meetings and that really involved everyone. Also, I feel like that's another great common ground thing that I've, I've heard in a lot of our Americana episodes is, you know, just communicating, talking about the, the things, the n- not politicizing them, but just saying what is good for our community, what's good for us to grow, what's good for us financially. I just, I don't know, I just thought there were a lot of those common ground things that, that popped up in this episode. Did you hear of anyone in Greensburg opt out of this sustainability um, push? Did anybody, did they talk about that at all? Any of the folks that you talked to? Uh, they didn't talk about it on, on quite that specific of a level. Um, Cause I don't, you know, I can't say, and I don't think that there's documentation anywhere really on, on a like house per house basis, what was done and what was not done. But Mayor Bob Dixon really spoke about people being apprehensive. And he said, you know, after a tragedy like this, a lot of people's inclination is let's go back to the way it was. And it took a lot of conversations on his part to really change people's minds and hearts about what rebuilding Greensburg was going to be. And this was something that I was most fascinated by. And, you know, it's funny because I think on an outside perspective, it's really easy to be like, tell me about this moment. But when you're actually in it, um, you know, it's hard to narrow down an entire movement to a single moment. But, you know, you're in Kansas, which is one of the reddest states, and you're in a tiny, tiny rural, deep red town in this deep red state. You are standing there after a tornado has flattened 85% of the town. You have to act now. You have to act quickly. And this decision in that moment, standing amid all the rubble to say, okay, we are going to rebuild as green, which is so counterintuitive to conservative ideas or, you know, Republican ideas. And I say that knowing full well that later in the episode, we really have a conversation about, is that, is that the case or is this that, is that how it's represented? But I just, this idea of there they are and they make this decision 
and move forward with it. And he said, you know, in order to change people's hearts, you have to have conversations with them based on what their needs and philosophies are. You know, you can't mandate change. You have to have a conversation about change. And I think he did that very effectively in saying, you know, here's here's what you want and here's how I can give it to you on your terms, but in a way that's going to be beneficial to everyone involved. So this isn't just about the environment. It's also about how can we save you money on your utilities and your your bills and on rebuilding your home and how can we save you money on insurance and how can we make living in this town better? So, you know, yes, it's wonderful to think we can all say, hey, providing our children and our grandchildren a better earth should be the motivation for everything we do. But when you are paycheck to paycheck and barely scraping by, like that's a great idea, but it's not a viable one. Like you're trying to just get to tomorrow and so sometimes motivating people by money is the most effective way to reach that bigger goal, that bigger goal that's better for everybody. And I think Mayor Bob Dixon, I, I just I have so much respect for this man because I he knew despite party platform that this was going to be what was best for everyone. And then he knew how to change people's hearts and minds by making it a local idea. Like you can't say this is what people are doing in Boston. So this is what we have to do in rural Kansas. You have to say, this is how we can do what people are doing in Boston in a way that serves the most people in rural Kansas. So interesting. It's awesome. Yeah. So um, I, I agree. This, I think this is a, just a, a great example. This is, I li- I, I've said it already in this interview. Um, I listen to our Americana a lot. Can you recommend any other episodes in particular that you think would resonate to people, especially thinking about this common ground theme? Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned previously the first episode of this season four, which is Mount Horeb, Wisconsin about the school reading of the transgender book. I I think that's another shining example of A, looking past stereotypes, but B, you know, there's this thing we talk about almost in every episode, which is when you live in a small town and you love that small town, your love for that small town will supersede a lot of your differences, be it political, cultural, societal. And I think that Mount Horeb episode is a shining example of that. And then the outcome being that when a town comes together because of their love for the town, it will change a lot of their hearts and minds about some of their longstanding views and opinions. Um, Another really great example is Morgantown, West Virginia, which is uh, a very highly, or it has a lot of downloads. It's, you know, you think West Virginia and you think uneducated, deeply conservative, you know, there's a lot of negative words that come to mind when you think of West Virginia. And and here in this town in the mountains, the largest bar in town where a lot of community events are are centered on is a gay bar. And there's a huge Muslim population there. And so in this town that should be white, Catholic, anti-gay, anti-Islam, uh, All these people really come together, live together, support each other in a way that really breaks down stereotypes. And again, breaks down that binary view of like us versus them, or it's this or that. And instead it's both and. And so I think those are great representations of of common ground. And again, going back to that, our love of this place supersedes all these other things. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that makes community what it is and really 
creates the power that community has. Yeah. I haven't listened to that Morgantown episode, so I will definitely listen to it. And the Mount Horeb one is one of my absolute favorite things I've heard this year. So it was really, really well done. So anything that you want to tell us about coming up soon from our Americana? Um, Do you know how many episodes you're going to have this season or where you're at in this particular season or just anything else you want us to know? Yeah, the goal is 13 episodes. It's funny because I, (laughs) I've learned that it doesn't matter how, uh, early I start working on the season uh, and how far I can get through a bunch of episodes. I I'm currently at a place where I have two interviews for about eight different towns and I just cannot land uh, that third interview or I cannot land that third story. That's going to represent a different perspective in each of these towns. So I'm on a break. I'm actually about to go on a little bit of a podcast tour. So it's on hiatus until the end of May, but After that, we're going to, again, keep going with this theme of breaking down binary myopia. Um, And so we're exploring an American town that's actually a Canadian enclave. Um, It's a peninsula that juts out off of suburban Vancouver and does not touch any other part of American land. In fact, to get out of the town into any other part of America, you have to drive an hour through Canada. So we're going to talk about that and the impact that geography has on a community um, and an impact that an enclave has on local politics. And then a ghost town where the state's actually paying people to live there. And again, it's in a deep red corner of America, but most of the people who are moving there are young, liberal, uh, outdoorsy people. So again, this idea of like what happens when when young Democrats move into a generally older Republican area and then become the primary residents of a town. And then what else? Oh, (laughs) Um, I like to do a few light episodes. So I'm also working on the STD capital of America, which is a uh, senior citizen village in Florida. <laughs> that is, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not awesome, but it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So again, it's just really about breaking down molds and breaking down stereotypes. And again, just showing that everybody is both and as opposed to either or. So yeah, I've got 10 more episodes in production. And I think geographically, this is the most diverse season I've had. We're, we're going to every corner of America and I'm really excited to tell these stories. And last season, it was about getting people as pumped up about America as I was. And this season, it's about getting me and everybody as pumped up about America as I used to be. So I'm excited to, (laughs) rather than be facilitating the journey, be on the journey with everyone else. Yeah, I like that. that. Well, great. Thank you for taking the time. And um, Everyone definitely check out more episodes of Our Americana. There are a couple of other shows in the Our Americana podcast network as well. There's um, Playlist Podcast, which is a show about music and hosted by a rotating panel of your favorite independent podcasters. And there is the Karen and Ellen Letters, which is a very funny, quirky show about some real life letters written between a landlord and his tenants back in the 1980s. And Josh has some other other things in the works too. So thanks very much. Yeah, thank you for having me and thank you for featuring this episode. It's uh, a humbling honor. <laughs> All right. 
Thanks for listening. Stay tuned as we will be bringing you more interviews from our featured podcast creators this month. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Audible Feast newsletter at audiblefeast.com and the PBC newsletter at podcastbrunchclub.com. Happy listening!